And welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast. It's uh, Thursday, the 17th of March, and I'm back from my skiing holiday last week. It was a four-day break. It was absolutely fantastic. And you had to do the podcast with David Scrim, didn't you, uh, Bill? Yes, I did, Andrew. But you missed me, though. You missed my merry tones. Oh, I have to say, yes, I did. Yeah. Anyway, look, it's uh, we've got an incredibly busy day today. But we wanted to get this podcast done. So it could be quite a short one. So uh, that probably be a relief to all the listeners. Less less rubbish coming out of us. Uh, so let's get cracking anyway. Um, Phil, well, you, why don't you start it off? Tell me what uh, you want to talk about. Oh, well, it worked, Andrew. You nicely put me on the spot. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, and something that we discussed between us, because we've generally been talking about uh, you know, the energy transition and battery technology, uh, was uh, Gellion, uh, tickers G-E-L-N, battery tech company, 109 million market cap. They had interims results, uh, but we were pretty interested in what they were having to say about the uh, what's happening in the battery markets themselves. And yeah, the and they had a, a good bit, didn't they, on, on LDES, which uh, is long duration energy storage. It was a really good piece in their results that they wrote up. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the rising prices for um for for lithium and particularly the rising energy costs in europe and probably the drive for greater renewables so some pretty you know uh pretty pretty interesting themes and that we've been we've been discussing too so pick pick that up um did you see uh I picked... well before you move on on that it's interesting yeah. i mean lithium prices actually have, have gone up again to seventy five thousand dollars a ton um and we are now seeing all over the shop people sort of saying, look, long dur- duration energy storage is the way forward. We've got to find solutions to it. And that lithium, not only because it blows up and bursts into flames, um, but we can't use lithium. It's just becoming too damn expensive. Um, now, we know that um, there are going to be different solutions to long duration energy storage, um, but we are starting to see all sorts of deals. I see the other day that... Um, an Australian group, they're an integrated vanadium miner and uh, vanadium flow battery company, got a $49 million grant from the Australian government to fund the development of vanadium flow batteries. Well, well. So it's amazing how the environment is changing so quickly. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the, you know, the trouble is there's still a huge question mark over this whole LDES, you know, what's going to be the win, what yeah. isn't. I noticed today, uh, actually, I'm really disappointed that Pivot Power, as you know, are uh, part of EDF now, um, and obviously are, are in charge of the Energy Super Hub Oxford, which is where Infinity Energy Systems have got their big vanadium blowbacks. They just announced two more um, super hubs, one in Cornwall as well. Everybody knows I love Cornwall. Um, and they appear to be all lithium, which just doesn't make sense. I'm confused by that one. I need to do some more um, research into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the other one's in Luton. Yes, I saw that. That's the right. Other... Yeah, Luton. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all yeah, indeed. Yeah. So it's all, yeah, it's all happening in the space. Um, Largo Resources also, they, they announced results yesterday they're another integrated um but they are obviously with vanadium flow batteries they're getting their batteries out there as well it, it is all sort of happening it's really quite um it's exciting confusing and, and there's still a lot of there is a lot of confusion i think about what are the solutions and we need to find some 
clear-cut winners as soon as possible. We do, we do, but we will keep our listeners abreast of uh, of what's happening in that market. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay, and uh, yeah, so I was going to mention, Andrew, did you see? Um, you know, we talked a lot about sort of tech sector investments, and obviously, you know, lots of things happening in the market at the moment in technologies. But I saw that IP Group had their annual results out. Um, um, I did see it because I own them personally in my pension fund. Um, and I, I bought them about 70p, watched them all up to 140p. When it doubled, I thought, shall I sell them? But I thought, no, I like it longer term. Watched them come all the way back down to 70p, although they're now back in the 90s. But they were bloody good results. I mean, no, they were fantastic results. They, they, yeah, they, well, well there's, a, there's an investor experience for you. Um, so you obviously take a good long-term view on this one, Andrew. Delighted to hear that. But yeah, they're, they're on your results. I saw that the profits... Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, the profits increased from 185 million to about 450 million. And they, what what sort of caught my eye is they were seeing a strong performance across all of their the sort of tech sectors, um, and they were able to realise cash. And of course, they had the IPO of uh, Oxford Nanopore, um, which they'd held. I didn't realise this. They'd held it since since 2005, um, and they got a 14% stake in. Uh, stake in that, so you know I think they realise a bit of capital on the on the IPO, but they're still still a holder on that. So it shows you know the success of of of, of this type of model for uh, for investing in tech. I, I mean it's interesting because you know one question is why am I invested in it, and the answer is I wanted to have exposure to technology that maybe I don't understand well enough to do a direct investment, and also to biotechnology which I certainly don't understand, uh, and certainly not enough to do a single investment. IP Group really, I mean, we talk about profits there. The profits really are almost irrelevant. It's the NAV because they're effectively yeah, an investment trust, aren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I like it and it's one of the bigger ones. Um, it was, in my view, when I bought it, seriously undervalued because of the Woodford situation that had distorted the share price, which is why I picked IP Group. And maybe not Draper Esprit, but of course we've got forward partners now as well out there. Um, but we've also had results today, and we just actually had in our one reason a bit short time in, in our boardroom is uh, Neil Crabb, the CEO of Frontier IP that we also act for. And I mean, actually, they had an enormous profit jump, but also enormous I, um, NAV jump because of Accentia, which uh, floated on NASDAQ and has been just phenomenally successful. Now, they have a slightly different model, don't they, Phil? Yeah, yeah, they do. And it's a, it's a, re- look, it's a really interesting one. And I don't think they always, you know, it's, it's always noticed with this company how they, you know, how they make their money. Um, Frontier IP get involved at a very early stage um, in, in, in IP, intellectual property, from primarily from uni- leading universities in the UK. Um, and they work directly with the spin-out companies from the unions with the IP, and they help them to actually build their business, to develop their technologies, very hands-on this, um, and to bring in large commercial partners uh, to help commercialise their technology. Now, in doing all of that work for these spin-out companies, um, they actually get rewarded in equity shares uh, in these companies, and so they have they end up holding stakes. So, I mean, they they essentially their shares in Excientia, which is AI drugs discovery. It's now listed on Nasdaq, um, and it was originally listed. The IPO was done at a valuation of 2.9 billion. Frontier IP's um, shareholding this was was for free. It was for the work that it undertook. It didn't pay for its shares, and they still, you know, they still hold the shareholding in it today. 
Um, yeah, look, I mean, I think, you know, we've talked again quite a lot on this podcast about some of the, um, the smaller technology groups where you can get some real leverage coming out of them. Um, I, I've known Neil Crabb, the CEO, for about 30, 35 years or so, and he is, he's a very clever guy. Um, so it is a really interesting situation, and, and it's, it's not one you buy for a trade. It, it's one you buy and tuck away for five years, and I think it could be, you know, I think since they've been listed, they, they've, up, they're up about tenfold, and I think it's pretty obvious that Neil intends to make them go up another tenfold. So as long as you've got a bit of patience, great stock to be in. Yep, very exciting story. Yep. Uh, we've had quite a lot of news out, haven't we, this week um, on the fuel cell market because we've had news from AFC, we've had news from uh, ITM, we've had news from Ceres as well. We have, in- yes, we have indeed, and you've probably seen a bit more of that than I have actually. That's I, I keep my I'll let you I'll give you a bit of a clue. I mean, I think on Monday ASC announced that they had um uh in collaboration with Kelpbray, uh, that's right, yep. Their, their, their first fuel cell um lease they did mm-hmm. uh, into the UK. Leasing is quite interesting, actually. I mean, I, I'm I think most people know that I have don't have the most positive view on ASC, um, but it's all about valuation. Um uh, but leasing is very interesting at the moment, um, I think, because we all know that with new technologies, some people get nervous about buying something. They've got to keep 25 years or something, you know. Whereas if you lease, well, if it doesn't quite work, you can hand it back. There's less risk to the, the person who takes it on. But of course, if the product's great, then if you lease, you can actually make more money. I mean, for instance, if you leased at the moment a battery, because of the way the UK market um, power system is working, I mean, the fluctuations are so enormous that actually by leasing batteries, you could make more than by selling but as i say it actually makes it easier for the customer to take on so it's actually a very interesting concept uh, that actually did catch my eye uh, we also then had icm who um uh came in with some news unfortunately um they they they've had a delay but i mean again i don't think that one um needs to worry too much about that um, in as much as we know that these things take quite a long time and delays come along. And in the current environment with a, a pandemic um, and a war in Ukraine, which is just terrible, um, clearly delays are going to happen, aren't they? So, uh, yeah. but yeah, we did. They, they did have a, a little sure. delay, didn't they? Yeah, I think I think particularly with engineering companies at the moment, anything that's using sort of electronics components, and these boots on the ground or whatever to to install equipment, then we're going to get delays, and you've just got to kind of be very very patient at present and um, and see through that because inevitably companies like this have lots of professional folks involved, and in time, you know, things will recover. Yeah, um, so it's fine. We're not we're not going to knock them for that one. And then of course today actually we had uh, Sarah's power. Uh-huh um where i mean it's again they've, they've got such a good corporate structure um and they've got so much cash because they all these corporate partners bosch and wan chai have just yeah. supported them i think they they uh come and announced they got 250 million of cash or something um their revenues were up 44 percent to about 31.7 it's all looking pretty good but Again, going back to some of the sort of stuff we said, I might just read a bit out because I think there's one or two bits actually worth reading from their statement, which is that um, they actually say um, estimates suggest, well, that, first of all, it's on the hydrogen market. Estimates suggest that hydrogen could eventually account for 18% of primary energy. Um, 
uh, which is $2.5 trillion. But interesting enough, they also said our first investment announced in November in long duration energy storage, LDS again, with RFC yeah. power. Um, so that actually, again, they're looking at putting, which what we've talked about all the time, putting fuel cells together with LDES. Uh, and that is sort of the way it needs to go, because if you're running a fuel cell to create hydrogen, green hydrogen, you've got to run it off your, your solar panels or your wind. And of course, they don't always function. So you've got to have this LDS sitting in the middle. And actually, the fuel cell companies should be talking to the LDS companies. Um, and uh, that's interesting that they are. It, it is. It's quite. I thought that was quite a strategic move for Ceres, and uh, and they're very well funded, of course, to uh, to exploit that. And I'm keen to see how that develops. Um, and I'm, I think you probably will. <laughs> I hope so. Now, actually, also, I think uh, I don't know if you saw, um, but on a similar sort of vein, uh, he uh, hydrogen was it hydrogen one or um, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you, you've looked at that, have you? No, but there was an, there was an announcement out from them. I'm sure it was, was it hydrogen one. Yeah, it was hydrogen one, wasn't it? Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to read it actually in a second. I've just got to quickly um, find the right sort of page. So hydrogen one, they, they um, what was interesting about them in their announcement? They were just more updating about the, yeah, the in general. Yeah. But they put in this paragraph, changing market environment. And they basically said the Russian invasion of Ukraine has shown governments around the world, and especially in Europe, the vital importance of sustained investment and policy support for domestic energy production, and crucially, diversity in energy imports from overseas. Uh, and so they go on about that and how hydrogen can play this vital role. Um, and they then actually go on basically to say again what we're saying, which is that hydrogen, fuel cells, LDES, SWB, whatever you want it, they're all interconnected. Now, we've been saying this for years and ever since we started this podcast, but the market hasn't quite, I don't think, grasped that yet. Um, there is a big connection between LDES and fuel cells, solar and wind, and uh, the big clever players are working it out. But just bear that in mind when you're making your investments, okay? Yeah, yeah. That's a good, that's an interesting fact. And if you look at, you know, if you look at uh, Siemens website, Gamesa, I mean, Siemens do sort of go into this quite a lot in, in terms of how the how the products sit in the energy, the energy infrastructure. But but you're right about sort of the general investment market kind of grasping what, how things are moving now. I and mean, it is, you know, it is moving in a different way. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Siemens, but I mean, obviously we, we talk quite a lot about Siemens. It's quite... It's a European company, had a lot of profit warnings. Um, it's owned by a lot of UK institutions, I know. I know that. Obviously, they have a part, joint development with the Infinity. But I'll tell you, you want to look at what people are. I don't think you've been seeing what GE have been doing recently. They're disposing of certain things and breaking their business up into very specific companies, one yeah. of which is renewable energy. And yep, yep. GE want to be right in this space. And I would say if I had to have a bet between GE being successful and Siemens Gamesa being successful at the moment, because Siemens Gamesa seems to be in chaos, I'd go for GE. Yeah, yeah. No, they are. Yeah, they they, they, they are. And, uh, uh, but yeah, as you say, boy, oh, boy, watch them move. And I'm sure they'll move quickly. Yeah. 
Anyway, that's probably enough on uh, transitional energy. We, we are rapidly going through this, guys. So I apologise about that. Um, but I, I noticed a few other things. I'm, I'll just whiz through some. I saw. I saw that um, Alpha Wave IP did quite an interesting um, potential acquisition. Well, they've announced a potential acquisition for two hundred ten million dollars of cash um, of uh, Open Five. Yeah, um, yeah, that's risk, risk five. Yeah, risk five technology, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I thought that's quite interesting. And talking of acquisitions, I see it's only a small one, but I see that Traxxas uh, has acquired Railcom, which is a North American based rail technology software company. Uh, it, it was very small, but I think Traxxas is starting to do a lot of very interesting things. Their, their software does often sit around the, the railway. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. The rails, um, and they do a lot of sort of planning on tra yeah, and transport in terms of timetabling and stuff and timetabling management. Yeah, they do a lot on the transport sector, Traxxas. Yeah, so I think Traxxas uh, probably gets our vote. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, have you seen anything you want to uh, I, slip well, in? Well, like we have, as one of we discussed before, Computer Center, Andrew. Yeah, yep, I saw that. Yeah, four-year results. Um, 3.2, there's a bigger one, 3.2 billion market cap. Um, and this is just quickly the rating on this. It's on 0.5 times sales multiple and 12.6 times EV EBITDA and pays a div. So it's not overly priced, but it's IT services. So you don't necessarily get the rating, but nonetheless, these, this is such a consistently performing business. Um, you know, they provide IT solutions, security data center, networking technologies, all those sorts of things that you're in office, you're using in tech. Um, and yeah, full year results. And they said that their revenues grew by 23.6% in the uh, year. Um, which was uh, very, very good. And of course, we've seen a lot shifting spend around, you know, COVID and IT spend recovering. But nonetheless, um, that was a strong performance by them. And they were pretty uh, upbeat, weren't they, about yeah, the future, so that they can carry on at that pace as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. absolutely. So uh, talking about being upbeat, I don't did you? And it's a company that actually rather interests me. I'd like to meet them. Did you look at MPAC, MPAC? They had full year results today. Uh, no, I missed that one, Andrew. Go on. Yeah, Go on. well, the reason I'm interested in that one actually is because they've started building batteries for people. Um, as, so they don't actually design them at all. Yeah. Uh, but they got this. They signed this deal with I'm going to pronounce it wrong, but Freya, F R E Y R batteries. Um, it's a, it's a, I think it's a, a Nordic company anyway. Uh, but basically, that they they develop clean next generation battery cells, um, whatever. They're lithium iron ones actually. But MPAC actually manufacture them and clean manufacture them cheaply. And, um, but they, these were really good figures, actually, and the stock's gone up nicely today. Um, but it's interesting to see battery manufacturing taking place in the UK, actually, because we always think of it as, I've got it got to be done in some sort of low-cost country like China. People are moving away from that concept. I think nice to see that it's happening in the UK. Yeah. Uh, so well done, MPAC. Super. I'll take a closer look at that. That sounds very it's quite an interesting company. Yeah. Oh, superb. All right. I don't, don't know anything else that you've got, Andrew? Um, it's uh, maybe worth mentioning, because uh, we do occasionally, that Aquis, obviously, we are now the corporate advisor to them on the Aquis Exchange, as they're dual listed. Um, they've also announced that the VSA Capital, that's us, will be running the Aquis Apex Index. Um, and they're also, they're just doing 
one or two little bits of pieces um, adding on to their group. They seem to be getting, you know, having, I'd say they lost a little bit of momentum um, because of some of the issues. It's just it's not easy, not easy building an exchange and a trading platform. They seem to be getting a bit of momentum back again. Um, so I'm sort of rather hopeful for that in the next uh, three to six months. We could see a good run out of that stock. It slipped all the way back down from seven pounds, slipped down to about four forty or something. It's now four eighty, four ninety. Um, and I feel, um, yeah, I think it's getting a bit of momentum back into itself. All right. Well, I think they've got results coming up in due course as well, Andrew. So we'll cover those at the time. Yeah, actually, in another one, I, talking of results, so if you looked at the delivery results today, I mean, Deliveroo has just been what a disaster since IPO. Um, why people take these big IPOs from the big banks, I do not know. You look at Deliveroo, Doc Martins, all these things, they've all, everybody's lost such a lot of money. Um, you know, they say they still, well, they said, they said, they said, uh, they still see a pathway to break even and long term profitability. Yeah, well, I, they may see that, but I saw a loss of nearly £300 million. Um, don't buy stock losing that much money. So you're going to be waiting decades before you make any money. Um, there you go. That was a little bit of a rant from me, wasn't it? Yes. And on that note, <laughs> so they're clearly, yes. All right. Should we make it our shortest podcast ever? <laughs> go on then. Okay. We'll, we'll make this the shortest podcast ever. There's not much been going on in the brand space, so we haven't got to, we haven't got to worry too much yeah. about that. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Um, I'm actually... Um, I think we will get the podcast done next week, although I am jumping on a plane next Thursday uh, to go to the USA um, to work on a major deal that I'm trying to put together. Obviously, can't say a thing about it, um, but we'll try and get it done before I take off um, so that we keep everybody up to speed. Um, the Thursday after that, I'm actually going to be in San Francisco. Um, so we'll either try and do a late one with me from San Francisco yep. or you'll be back with David again. God, didn't you just love it? <laughs> on that note very good as usual if anybody's got any ideas they want us to talk about or if anybody's got any comments do let us know we love getting feedback chats again soon andrew <laughs>